Hi everyone, I'm Elaine Vargas, founder and creator of Life Against the Current. In this podcast, you'll hear stories and truths of incredible people who have gone against the current of traditions, societal norms, opinions of family and friends, or even a boss's suggestion in order to achieve their goal. Unfortunately, there isn't a guidebook for all of our nonlinear decisions, but there is this podcast to acknowledge and empower you to do things you want to achieve, regardless of how unconventional it may seem to others or maybe even to you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Life Against the Current's second season. So many new things, new stories, new logo, new intro music, and new intro and outro. I hope you all agree that the wait was well worth it. So let's jump right in and let me introduce to you the first guest speaker of Life Against the Current's second season. This guest speaker is a very special one because she is so close and dear to me. Amy Sevilla Parrales is my beautiful cousin who I actually call her more Mimi or Meme as a form of endearment. You guys seriously do not understand how happy and excited I am to have her on the show. Mimi! Hi. Thank you so much for being on Life Against the Current. <laughs> Thank you so much, Elaine. Thank you for having me. I think this is amazing what you're doing. And most of all, thank you for giving me the opportunity to kind of share a bit of my story with your listeners. Oh, I'm so happy you're here. Amy follows a plant-based diet, which for those of you who do not know or are not familiar with the plant-based eating pattern, it basically focuses on foods primarily from plants. So this includes not only fruits and vegetables, but also nuts, seeds, oils, whole grains, and beans. And yes, although different forms of diet is becoming increasingly popular in our society, the cuisine in her culture has made it quite challenging and difficult for her lifestyle. So, Amy, what is your life against the current story? So, to start off, I don't, I don't kind of want to sound cliche about this, but I do have to say that the plant-based lifestyle definitely found me more than I found it. And yeah, it might be cliche, but everything that I was doing in my life, all the choices that I was making, eventually led me to adopt a plant-based lifestyle. And I do have to say that for me, it started in late 2015, maybe like early 2016, where I found my, for those of you that don't know me, I'm a very small person. I'm only five feet tall, <laughs> I'm really short. And I found myself weighing 155 pounds and on the BMI scale, that's obese. So I was considered obese. And I, I was starting to develop body image issues and I was hating who I was. I was hating the way I looked and I started to become very depressed. And I, I realized that I had two choices. So I can just sit and cry and keep doing what I was doing mm-hmm. or I can do a change. And so I decided that I was going to do a change. And so I decided to embark on a health journey on a journey to discover what the healthiest lifestyle was and so i started off by cutting off red meat immediately and pork 
And that's why I say all the choices that I was making kind of led me to the plant-based lifestyle because I never, I don't think I had ever heard what a plant-based lifestyle was or what a vegan person was maybe once before, but I didn't really understand it. I never thought of it. I never wanted it. And so I decided, okay, well, I'm going to clean up my diet. So I decided, okay, I'm going to cut off um, foods that are high in sodium, sugar, and fat, and processed foods. That's going to be healthy for me. And I'm going to stop eating red meat because I kind of had a general knowledge already that red meat was really linked to heart disease. And so I decided to air quotes, just eat clean meat, which I thought at the time was chicken and turkey. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was consuming, a lot of chicken. And by this point, were you doing any type of research or were you going based on what you had heard or known at this point? So where did the research to change to a plant-based began? So I, I do have to say that the fact that I took a nutrition class in college definitely informed me a lot because if I hadn't taken that nutrition class, Right off the bat, me trying to be healthy, I wouldn't have known that red meat wasn't really great for our health. Right. But I started to just watch um, documentaries. And the first one that I came across was Forks Over Knives. And that's the one that I have to say that really was the one that took me into the plant-based lifestyle. It was the first time I had heard the term. And here were medical doctors that have done years and years of research about a plant-based lifestyle, not only saying that we can thrive on just eating plants, but also said that a plant-based lifestyle has the capability to reverse diseases such as heart disease, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes. For me, I was like amazed. I was like, wow. So my goal right now as a person, well, at that time, my personal goal was to find the healthiest lifestyle, to become fit. And so here are these doctors, reputable doctors, doing this research sharing this information for me was like very clear for me okay well that's what that's where I'm headed that's what I'm gonna do and coincidentally enough around that time I have to say that I was just consuming fish it wasn't on it wasn't like on purpose it was just I think it was easier for me to cook um maybe I thought at that time that it was healthier for some reason and so when I found that documentary, I had already cut out red meat, pork. I wasn't eating chicken. Oh, so wow. it was, yeah, it was kind of very easy for me to just steer into that, into that new diet. And I thought to myself, okay, um, yeah, I'm, I'm good just eating vegetables, but I'm not giving up on cheese. I was like, there's no <laughs> way. I love cheese. It's in our DNA. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, no, no. So if you want to like label me something, I guess you can say I was like vegetarian. I was still consuming eggs and I was um, definitely eating cheese. I, I was a cheese lover. And no fish at this point. So no pescatarian. No. When I saw that documentary and I found out that information, I said, no, that's it. No more animal flesh. Um, so what's the timeline from you cutting out the first time you ever cut out meat, red meat, to this point where you just cut everything out and became vegetarian? It's really hard for me to pinpoint like an exact time, but I would have to say, yeah, like late 2015, maybe like September around that time, which is when I decided I'm just going to be, I'm going to be fit. I'm going to start eating healthier. And that's when I cut off the red meat. 
by the time I I was like pescatarian, it was probably around March, early 2017 at that point. And when I decided I'm adopting a plant-based lifestyle, I think then was a little bit after June. Wow. Um, Pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, kind of quickly, but I, I do kind of like like how things happened one by one. It wasn't like one day I was eating meat, I saw this documentary, and the next I said, okay, I'm going to quit eating everything. So that's why I kind of said like all the choices that I was making kind of led me to to this lifestyle and it made it easy for me to adopt it because I was already making cutting off things in my life like yeah. the red meat the pork then I just there was a time where I was just consuming fish and then vegetables and cheese and so for me at the beginning it was mostly based on my health on my well-being but once you open that door to that lifestyle to that world or anytime that you just try to seek knowledge we realize that the more that you know, the more you realize you don't know. Yeah. So another door opened and it was this aspect of like the animal welfare. And that to me, to me was shocking. And all of a sudden it didn't become about me trying to be fit or trying to feel better about myself or just trying to be healthy. For me, my mind shifted into a different direction. Now I thought there's something greater. There's a bigger purpose in me doing this. And that's when I, I found out all the, the terrible things that these animals go through in these factory farms from the way that they live, from the moment that they're born, the horrible conditions that they are in to the moment that they die and they slaughtered and the huge numbers of animals. I think it's like something like 60 billion animals are slaughtered on an annual basis wow. worldwide. And the, the way that it happens to them, it's, it's very unfair. It's very inhumane. And for me, it was kind of hard because I realized that I was kind of being hypocritical with, with my thoughts, my views, because I consider myself to be compassionate, to be loving, to be kind. And I always thought I could never hurt an animal. I would never hurt an animal. But little did I know that I was my actions for consuming meat were directly hurting an animal. And so I thought, then I can be compassionate. You can't, you can't consider yourself to be a compassionate person when your actions are doing the opposite. Right. So my views, my thoughts, and my actions, I realized were not aligned. And then they started to become aligned. And it started to give me a greater sense of purpose as to, okay, why am I following this? this lifestyle all these animals these these birds they they are kept in these large large sheds and it's like 20 or 30,000 birds that are stuck in the shed so you can just imagine the amount of feces that they're living in because it's yeah. 30,000 birds that raises the ammonia levels in the air that they're breathing which causes a lot of respiratory infections for them it causes a lot of sores on their body that often go untreated the feathers are falling off um, birds are one of the animals that are the most genetically manipulated to grow big in size in a short amount of time. And it's that causes their bones to break because they're not capable to withstand that weight, that rapid growth. So these animals are suffering all around for their entire lives. And then you think, 
for what? Like for me to just sit down and have a meal, a pleasure, pleasurable meal for 15 minutes is costing an entire uh, lifetime of suffering to an animal, which to me, I think it's an individual. They have just as much right to live as, as we do. What created this curiosity in you? Because you are already vegan, well, not vegan, vegetarian at this point, right? Mm-hmm. What caused the, the curiosity to learn more about the animal side of it instead of focusing on the health and how your body felt? I think it was like opening Pandora's box, honestly, like <laughs> taking the blindfold off. It, it was just being on the path of like searching information. Okay. I was like, wow. So here I found something I never knew before, plant-based lifestyle can cure disease, reverse disease. Wow. And then just things started popping up in my queue. I started to become more curious. Okay. Um, I came across other documentaries um, on Netflix, definitely some that shed a lot of light about factory farming. I think a big one for me was this documentary called The Minion. And it's a documentary that documents what happens in factory farms, but in Australia. But almost everything that happens in those factory farms are standards for like poor countries in the Western world. So it's like everything almost tied in like the health aspect then the animal welfare aspect, then an environmental aspect. Um, Because when we think about the environment, factory farming, animal agriculture is the number one cause of greenhouse emissions in our atmosphere. So if there's anything that we want to do to save the planet, to reduce our carbon, our carbon footprint would be to adopt a plant-based lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So all of these things kind of intermingled with one another. And even emotionally, and when it comes to our values, our morals, our views, everything interconnects because you might think that, I, you know, I'm a loving person, I'm caring, I'm kind. But you are, and everything you're loving you're caring yes thank you (laughs) but little do we realize that we're thinking and saying one thing for our actions that we're not conscious about are doing the opposite and there's a lot of animals are are suffering and for me i think it's helped me to grow as an individual um to become much stronger to become more aligned as in what i think is what i say and what i do And it's made me a more balanced individual. And it's definitely a life against the current (laughs) life because a lot of people won't understand you. They won't understand your reasons why. You definitely, I can say from experience, I've been mocked. I've been ridiculed. I've been called um, a tree-hugging hippie. Um, I've been been told I have a mental illness. So many things. Yes, yes. Okay, do you recall that time? And what mental health issue because you choose a plant-based lifestyle? I, I, my head doesn't, I can't wrap around it. Me either. Sometimes I think I live like in a parallel universe, like where I'm crazy. (laughs) Because I don't understand. I'm like, okay, here I am choosing not to eat animal flesh. You know, I'm respecting all life because I've learned to do that. I value and respect all life. I think we animals are here with us and not here for us, for our consumption, our commodity. So you, 
the idea of it seems like a good idea. So I don't understand why someone would think that that's having a mental illness. And I can't grasp my mind around that either. <laughs> but it's hard. It's, it's challenging because you kind of have to be strong-minded and you kind of have to believe in yourself and in the reason as to why you are doing this because a lot of people, like I said, won't understand you and they will make fun of you. And a lot of the times, you know, I can laugh it off, shrug it off, <laughs> yeah, whatever. But sometimes it does get to you. And what gets to me when it does get to me, it's not their words, it's not their insults, it's not that they're mocking me. It's the disappointment that, you know, this person doesn't under, fully understand. Right. And it's helped me to become also very understanding of other people and to learn to be more empathetic because I was one, I was once those people. I remember very clearly when I first met a vegan person. And at that time, she told me, oh, I'm vegan. I don't eat animals, blah, blah, blah. And I remember being confused, like, <laughs> what? Like, this is so confusing. What do you mean you don't eat animals? You don't even drink milk or eat cheese? She was like, no. And she was such a bubbly, like, positive, <laughs> happy person. and. I remember saying, wow, like, I could never, ever be vegan. At that time, it, to me, it was vegan. I could never do that. Um, I feel sorry for her. Like, she's really, like, missing out on the good things right. in life. I said that. And those words came out of my mouth. And here I am, fast forward, years later, I finally understand her. So it's taught me to be more patient with those people who sometimes mock me and ridicule me because I know that once I, I felt like them or I felt like them, I was them. So what advice can you give to people like me and to people that are listening that have friends, family that choose this different lifestyle for their diet? What, can, what advice can you give to help us be more understanding and more empathetic towards them and their life choice? I think knowledge is power. And I think that is key. For, before anything, just informing yourself. And once you inform yourself and you see that this is just not an idea or a movement, like a lot of these things are facts, you know, facts that are, our planet is dying. The health of our planet is fading. These animals are suffering. It's not even helpful to our health to consume these animals. And it's just informing yourself and understanding. Maybe then you'll have some understanding as to why they are doing this. Because mm -hmm. something that I was told from my mother, which she's actually adopting a plant-based lifestyle now. And your brother. My brother, yeah. <laughs> but I think he needs, he needs some more time. <laughs> and he does. But my mom... My mom definitely, definitely, I can say she, she's taken on this lifestyle really well. And one of the first things she told me was, oh, no, well, what about protein? Where are you going to get your protein from? <laughs> and so <laughs> sometimes you just have to be understanding that maybe these people don't know. And the truth of it all is that when we say things like that, it's because we don't know, we don't fully right. understand them. So we yeah. have to be patient and explain these things to people. So I told her mom. Listen, so plants <laughs> have protein, 
the animals consume the plants. We consume the animals and that's where we get the protein. So instead of me consuming the animal to get the protein, I'm going directly to the source. To the source, And she's yeah. like, oh, okay, I understand. So I would say it's just that. And then even for me, sometimes I'm going to be real. There's been times where, yeah, I've lashed out of people or I haven't said the nicest things um, to other people. And it's been a process for me because it is a process when you find out all this information and you see all these horrible things that are happening. It's very easy to get built up with anger and frustration and be mad at the world and be mad at people. And sometimes you kind of give that off to other people. And so for me, I had to go through that process and I've learned to just realize that the same compassion that I'm having for these animals and the same compassion that I want people to have towards these animals is the same compassion that I need to have for people who don't understand or don't know what this is about or what is going on. Because the truth of it all is that we don't know what's going on and we're not asking, where is our meat coming from? How is this um, meat or this animal raised? What was it fed? the amount of antibiotics that's going into this meat. We just go to the grocery store and we buy this product and that's it. We don't question it any further. So that's the key. I believe that the power is in the people. And if we start as a people to demand more questions for these companies to be clear in how they raise these animals, show these images to the public, I'm pretty sure no one would stand for it no one but i think as as a society right now we're not asking the right questions we're not asking enough questions we're not being curious enough to know what's going on behind closed doors i 100 percent agree with you and i don't think i share this enough with you but i admire you so freaking much because Aww, i you. <laughs> <laughs> i love you and i miss you <laughs> i miss you a ton too <laughs> I'm sure it's not just hard in changing your lifestyle, but it's hard educating people. And like you said, being compassionate. I think that is so hard because Mm -hmm. you want that in return, but you have to be that to people that don't give you that in return. Yes. You know, and I say that for myself and I say that in our family reunions where I see it, I see it way more often in the beginning. I think our family has made a little progression with you. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong. But no. <laughs> um, it, it must be really difficult when our family always does barbecues and there's literally meat always involved. <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about that, how you feel, because I know how I feel, but how do you feel in our family gatherings? I'm so glad you brought up that point because I've seen, like you said, the progression where I would go to a family event and every, it was time to eat and everyone was like rushing to get the piece of barbecue chicken and meat. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, me, you're <laughs> going to eat? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, remember, I don't eat meat. And they will be like, oh, 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 that's right. Okay. And then all the sad I, face with the sad face. And the only thing, the only option for me would be like rice and lettuce and tomatoes, which is nothing like the salads that I eat. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's, that's what I, I, I had. And now I feel like people are actually 
starting to think more about me, like, okay, we're going to make sure there's more options for her. So I really appreciate that. And I remember like, this is why it's, it's tough because even the people closest to you or some of the people that might criticize you the most yeah. or some of the people that might make fun of you the most. I remember one of our uncles, I'm not going to name him, but I know that you <laughs> know who he is. Of course. <laughs> He said this jokingly, you know, and I understand he does it as a joke. And he grabbed a piece of steak and he stabbed it and he's like, come eat this, Mimi. No. You're getting malnourished. And I remember <sighs> just like laughing, like, haha, no, no, it's okay. But I understand, like, I understand yeah. why people will think that. And I feel like, like I said, I've definitely learned to become more understanding of other people. And that's why I've decided to start talking about this lifestyle with my family which are the people closest to me and thanks to that my mom is now adopting a plant-based lifestyle like you said my brother i believe he wants to um my best friend at the time also adopted a plant-based lifestyle because our other me. cousin now too who elvis yeah <laughs> yes yes so it makes me so happy and it's just starting to talk they're difficult conversations to have and we just need to start talking about them and, and sharing information with one another. And then maybe we'll start to see more change. I remember one time at work, this guy told me, he's like, you know, I really, I really admire what you're doing. You know, you want to do it for the animals. You want to do it for your health, for the planet. But I don't think that just you alone, one person is going to make a change. And I said, you know, I, I have to disagree with you because it all starts with you, with just one person. You yeah. have to be the change that you want to see in the world because you never know how many people you're going to influence. You know, I might just be one person, but me, just me alone starting this, I had influence on my mother and my best friend. And guess what? Now my mother is having influence on the people around her. And so was my best friend having influence on the people around her. And what if you influence just one person one other person but that other person went to influence thousands of other people yeah. and it all started with you and and he didn't say anything he's like okay okay i know he still <laughs> disagreed but you have to stay true to your beliefs and no matter if people don't believe in you you have to believe in yourself yeah you have to continue in your path and know that you have a purpose in doing what you're doing and a lot of the times it was hard for me. I have to say that when I had just became, um, I, I adopted a plant-based lifestyle. I think like five months in, I had um, a bite of a steak quesadilla. And I remember that day very specifically because it was very late at night. And I'm being real because this is hard. You know, sometimes we think that we can make this change and we forget that for a long period of time we yeah. were eating meat. For me, it was 27 years of my life I was eating meat. And what, you think all of a sudden in one, two years, a couple months, you can completely reverse that? No. So I'm going to be real. I had, I remember it was late at night. I went out drinking and I got hungry. And I was with my partner at that time. And I remember I was like, okay, I'm going to order the vegetable tacos. For some reason, they were out of anything like vegetarian, anything plant-based. All I could have was like chips and guacamole and I was starving. And for some reason, when you drink, you're even more hungry. Yeah. And he had an option. 
And so I became angry. I was like, oh, how does he get to have an option? And I don't. And I remember saying, oh, forget this. Like, give me a piece. He gave me a piece and I took a bite. I remember chewing and like all of a sudden this huge amount of guilt just came all over me and my body. And I took another bite and I remember saying like, no, I can't do this. And I gave it back to him. What went through your mind at this point? So many things. I felt like a horrible person. I felt like a hypocrite. I felt like I was a failure. Like I said I wanted to do something and I couldn't do it. And therefore I, I should go back now to just eat meat. and a lot of things were going through my mind and then I realized no but the guilt that I felt was enough for me to realize that I was serious about my commitments even though my actions didn't seem so my feelings were clear to me and I said okay so I messed up and I learned to be okay with that I needed that moment to mess up to analyze my feelings and to realize that I really was committed about doing this. Because if I wasn't, I guess I would have had the whole thing. Yeah. And maybe I would have said, yeah, you see, this is too hard. I'm just going to go back to eating animals. But for me, the way I looked at it was, okay, I messed up. Do I go back now or do I keep moving forward? And I decided I'm going to keep moving forward. You have to be okay with, with yourself when you make mistakes. And that's something that that taught me. And I said, okay, so I made a mistake. What can I do in the future to prevent this from happening? That's all I had to do. And I said, okay, well, next time I know that if I go out drinking, I'm going to get hungry. I'm going to make sure I have a good meal before I go out. And then that's what I started to do. And it's very easy for people to just quit and say, like maybe have a moment like that and say, yeah, this is too hard. I can't do it. You kind of have to be like understanding and not too hard on yourself, but being hard on yourself. Like you need yeah. to take accountability for your actions. And so there was even a time where I found myself like tiptoeing between like, I said I was going to have cheese and I gave up on it. And then, oh my gosh, here I'm having like a cheese pizza. <laughs> and there was a lot of times where there was a moment where I felt like, oh, I'm just going to go back to where I was just consuming cheese and eating eggs. But every time that happened, I always felt like I had to revisit my values, my goals. Why am I doing this? What is the purpose of why I'm doing this? And then when I did that, it would give me strength to just keep moving forward. And that's, and that's what I did. And I can say for now, like, I'm very, very grounded. And I think I've surpassed that stage where I'm, like, getting influenced by my pleasures because eating you know it's it's a pleasure some people eat a lot of of us just eat for pleasure because it tastes good it makes us feel good in that moment and it's hard to take control and of those of those pleasures and say okay no I'm not gonna do this and that's something else that this lifestyle has taught me to be more controlling of my needs my wants my emotions my pleasures and I, I personally find that I find that great this lifestyle really helps you in a multitude of aspects and we we have to just be okay I have to say again if you're want if you're thinking about doing this lifestyle or you're in it right now and and you've caught yourself slipping you kind of have to be okay with that don't be too hard on yourself keep going just my advice would be to just keep going but also think about why you messed up in a way and put things in place 
implement things that will prevent you from doing that. And like I said, you know, if you grow up eating meat, it's not going to be something that's very easily going to go away. I, I think until now I can say that if I smell meat, it kind of repulses me. Wow. But if, but if I smell eggs, it makes me want to eat them. And sometimes I get like angry at myself, like, oh, like, why do I still want this? And I realized, okay, a whole lifetime, yeah. a whole lifetime, that was my diet, you know, for most of my life. Like I just have, it's going to be two years in June that I'm completely plant-based and I'm counting it with my, with my slip-ups and everything. We're going to have slip-ups. You have to acknowledge that. You have to be okay with that. <sighs> Mimi, this has been amazing. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea how happy I am with this episode and I'm so excited for people to uh-huh. listen to it. You know, and on that note, I wanted to add something because you're right, you know, for for you, it was 27 years of your life where you grew up basically having meat technically as a necessity, you know, because mm-hmm. even your mom said it like you need protein. So you for a long time thought that that, that was the only way of getting protein and yeah. very so much myself um, for me. We didn't grow up with like the richest of the world, uh, but mm-hmm. something that was always on my table was food. And now I'm not just talking about like rice and beans and eggs, how some people that struggle in life eat, even though my parents, I'm not going to say struggles, but again, we were not like the best off, but food, mm-hmm. good food, meat, chicken, fish was always at the table. So for me, you know, I'm kind of making this transition to where I don't want to think as meat, chicken, fish as a necessity for my body. Mm -hmm. Um, It might be for different reasons than you are. For me, it's more of like, I want to be able to change my mindset in, in thinking that I'm okay and I will get the proper nutrition without needing these things. (laughs) <laughs> it's really hard yes how do you give up like for example for me 27 years of habit right and like cheese habit, yeah. for example has been proven to have the same addicting effect as like cocaine or like wow. heroin yeah so it's no wonder people are addicted to these things or have a hard time giving them up and not only that like when it comes to our customs, our culture, our traditions, they're almost always based around food, right? Yeah. We think we have we think about a certain dish and we think back to a childhood memory. So it also connects to a lot of like memories and has a lot of emotion to it. Some people when they're angry, stop eating. When people are depressed, some people eat or they don't eat. If they're happy, they want to go out and celebrate with a good meal. So there's a lot of emotional connections yeah. also to food. So it definitely, definitely, it's very, very hard. And a lot of times you will find yourself maybe at a family gathering saying, I'm not going to eat this food. So imagine you and all of our families are different, but our family, we can say lands, but they're very vocal. Yeah. <laughs> and they would be like, what? Like, yeah. what do you mean you're not eating? That was before. Now they're more understanding, but there are families who are going to be understanding and some who are not. And you're going to, you might find yourself alone. Um, you might find yourself all of a sudden not being able to go eat out with your friends. 
um, at work events, you might find yourself being left out of a situation, like sometimes happens to me <laughs> that there's a work event and like food is brought out and I'm the only one who can't eat. So it's, yeah, it's definitely hard and it's going to test you in many, many ways. And your willpower is going to be tested. You brought up a really good point that our family too has now, and correct me if I'm wrong, but now you've introduced different type of cuisine to our Thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs> I mean, things that truly you would think that taste very meaty and have certain things that it doesn't. And it tastes so good. And you have been the pioneer to bringing that yeah. cuisine to our family traditions and changing that a little bit. And I think I also have to give kudos to mm -hmm. our family because we're Hispanic, you know, Nicaraguenses, mm -hmm. we thrive for mm -hmm. meat. Mm -hmm. And they, I think we have been for the most part accepting of the different types of foods now. Like my mom even brings Dominican dish and it is a thing. Arroz guandules cannot miss in Thanksgiving. So, oh no. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> My mom, not in our family. Yeah. Not in our family. <laughs> no. We always ask for, did your mom make the arroz con gandules? <laughs> yep, yep. And she will always make it and bring extra to like have people take home with, with them. So, I think that's been really awesome in the fact that we, you know, because like you said, family is really important to you and I. So being able to slowly but surely accept and acknowledge, it's not just accept, but acknowledge that you have different dietary lifestyle is mm -hmm. a really big impact, I'm sure, to you and your feelings. Yes, it's definitely like breaking the chain. Because if you think about it, we never were giving a choice to no. if, as if we wanted to eat meat or wanted mm -hmm. to do vegetables. You know, our parents we're taught a certain way and they, they're, they pass that on to us. So I find myself breaking the chains of my, of my family. My mom was raised a certain way. Her mom was raised a certain way and so on and so forth. And here I came and I said, and I broke that chain. I, I don't adopt this belief and I'm going to refuse it and give up on it. And that's a very hard thing to do because when it comes to even a lot of other issues, um, religious views, politics, even eating meat, a lot of it comes passed down from the views that our family members have. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was like breaking this chain where like, yeah, we're Hispanic, we're big on meat. And here I come like saying, <laughs> no, I'm not going to eat meat. I probably seem like I'm a weird person to them. <laughs> a lot of people think <laughs> I'm weird. And um, one of my favorite things to do is actually to watch meat recipes and find ways to recreate them into plant-based versions like i like That's doing awesome. that yeah even with our like cultural dishes like nicaraguan dishes i love recreating them without meat and my mom and i actually we we work a lot together because she lives with me you know i don't live with my mom she's my roommate <laughs> so we really um cook and we take turns cooking. And one of the things that we do is that we take dishes that we grew up eating, that we grew up loving, and that we didn't want to give up. And we just make them into plant-based. And we always, like, amaze each other. Like, wow, like, wow, like, this tastes even better, like, without animal flesh, without animal meat. And That's so awesome, Mimi. Yes. And I would love, love, I think I have to go back to Washington 
and mm-hmm. we can go on a little tour there and just like I'm sure there's a lot of like crab beans <laughs> restaurants there a hundred percent it misses you it's time for you to come back <laughs> yes yes I'm definitely going to go back and visit you and I definitely want to keep spreading the word on this especially with with our family which the people closest to us that's those are the people that matter the most to us and I I would feel guilty and I would feel like a bad person if I knew, if I had a piece of information that I know can bring good to another person's life and not sharing it with them. Right. And so I don't, I don't do this to criticize other people. I don't do this to, to make myself seem superior or to make them feel like they're doing something bad. I'm only sharing this information because I feel it's information that they should know, things that they should see, they should inform themselves about something that I know is going to be great. That's going to have great consequences. So why not share that with people? I would feel guilty not doing so, especially with my family members. I completely agree with you. So Mimi, from this journey of yours of changing to a completely different dietary lifestyle, what road sign or tool do you wish you had seen or had that maybe could have paved this road a little bit better for you? I would definitely say that I wish I would have seen images of animals being slaughtered. Um, I wish I would have known the process that's really going on in these factory farms. Because I feel like it's very naive of me to say, but I, I was in a fantasy world where I really did picture cows grazing through green fields and being <laughs> happy cows. Like they're marketed, right? And they're mm-hmm. marketed that way. But that is far from reality. So I wish I would have seen those images because then I feel like I would have taken action earlier on in my life. Even though I do accept that it happened this way and that it did take me this long to do it. But I know that maybe if I had seen or had been informed by someone, I would have taken action even earlier on. Sometimes, you know, you kind of have to revisit that documentary or that image of that animal being killed for you, at least for me, for me to say, okay, this, yeah. there's a purpose of why I'm doing this, or I need to do more. This is why. Right. And you have shared lots of insights and I'm really happy with this episode because it's not just you sharing your story, but it's also you giving tips and tricks to people that are thinking or maybe not even thinking, but they just wanted to learn more about plant-based lifestyle. So this has been a very multi-purpose episode and I'm loving it. And you've shared a lot of insights, but what is one directional sign that you'd leave behind for someone possibly thinking about this or getting ready to embark on a journey like yours? I would say, listen to your heart. Go watch the process of how an animal gets killed, how they're raised in those factory farms, the living conditions that they're in, the relentless suffering that they go through. And pay attention to your feelings, to what's going on in your heart, because that is the truth. And we need to start listening more to our hearts and taking action on what we feel. And I know that we're all loving people i believe in the good of humanity i do and i really feel that if everyone knew we would discontinue 
doing this to animals. We would stop harming them right away. So I would say, listen to your heart. Pay attention to how you feel. Go inform yourself. Go watch a video. Take those blinds off. Go see what's really going on in these factory farms. And pay attention. Pay attention to how you feel because that is right. If you feel anger, if you feel frustration, if you feel like you need to look away, if you feel like crying, then that is self-revealing in itself. And that means that what we're doing is wrong. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been my beautiful, inspiring, strong cousin, Amy Sevilla Parrales. Thank you so much, Mimi, for being on this episode. I could not have asked a better person to start off season two than with you. And thank you for agreeing. <laughs> thank you, Elaine. I'm really, I love you so much. <laughs> you are one of my closest cousins, almost like sisters. And I really, really admire what you're doing. I, I love this podcast. And I, I think this is a great platform for people to come on and share their stories and possibly help another person. And I'm happy, if, like I said, if I just help one person, that is good enough for me. Thanks so much for joining us on another episode of Life Against the Current. Remember, it's totally okay to do things and think against the current. Do you have an unconventional story or topic you'd like to share with us? Send us a message via our Instagram at Life Against the Current. Please do not forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate us, and let others know why you listen to LATC by reviewing us and spreading the word. We would really appreciate the gesture. See you in two weeks. Signing out, Elaine.